This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks that I give away every Monday is Kim Dust. She's in the entertainment industry and is currently working a full-time day job and doing her side hustle on the side. Kim, congrats. For you guys' chance to win 100 bucks every Monday, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to officially enter. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444 after you've subscribed. Okay, Top Tribe, coming up tomorrow morning and every morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, you'll hear from Ezra Firestone. Really, it's crazy. How does a male marketer do 1.5 million per month in women's cosmetics? Ezra tells you how. Okay, Top Tribe, good morning, good morning, good morning. Our guest this morning is Scott Hansberry, and he was an executive, he, he held an executive position at Sun Microsystems along with IBM, Creek Path Systems, and High Ground Systems. He's a startup vet with history, a really strong history, I might add, of leading early stage companies through growth stages. He's had the fortune of participating in multiple exits during his career. Scott, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Let's go. Let's do this. So first off, I'm excited. Why don't you first things first, tell us about you. You had a, it sounds like a very cushy position at Sun Microsystems. When did you decide to throw in the, the towel and give up corporate for the startup world? It was actually uh, not quite the decision that you would normally take to get from, uh, you know, going from a corporate larger companies to the startup world. Mine actually was more family related. Um, my dad, and mom live in Arizona. Uh, I was working at Sun in California, and I got the dreaded call mm. that my dad was quite sick. So uh, I actually resigned that day, moved to Arizona um, to take care of them and uh, get into the startup world. That's what that's what drew me to the startup world. And what year was that? That was in 1998. Okay, 1998. So, so you said you've had many successful exits. What, how, how many have you had? And why don't you tell us about what, the one that you consider the most successful? Okay, there's been a few. I think uh, the very first one, uh, I was working with a company called High Ground Systems in Boston. Um, and I was commuting from Phoenix area to Boston for that, uh, working in the corporate development area as a vice president of corporate development. And that company was doing quite well, was starting to develop a technology um, that now today is pretty widespread, known as virtualization to help uh, enterprises manage their storage systems. And we were able to build that up. We were, went through, um, you know, going into our mezzanine round of funding. Can you uh, describe what that means to the audience, Scott? Yeah, yeah, sure. We had gone through an A round, a B round, a C round, so multiple rounds of funding. And we were looking at this as our kind of our final round um, and then actually looking at IPOing the company. But during that phase of fundraising and getting ready for an IPO, um, we were able to garner multiple um, offers to acquire the company. And we ended up accepting 
an offer from Sun Microsystems for four hundred million. And what was revenue? What what have you grown revenue to before you sold? Uh, the revenue at that time was was right around fifteen million annually. Annually. Okay, and how much had you raised? Uh, probably about twenty five to thirty million. So you guys did something obviously extremely intelligent here. There must have been a bidding war or something if you're doing fifteen million annually and then got exited for four hundred million. Did you just pit basically to just say, "Hey, son, listen, we're either going to IPO for a lot of money or you've got to give us a better bid"? Did you create a bidding war? No, I mean there was there was multiple offers, but I think in this case, uh, you know, frankly, it was the silly days of the of the internet boom, the dot com boom. Oh, was this ninety nine? This was. And oh my we gosh! Okay. Sold in two thousand and one, so we just got in wow. before the crash. Yeah, I mean, you're selling on fifteen million annual run rate, selling for four hundred million. What is that? That's got to be like a twenty or thirty or thirty five x top line multiple. Correct. So it was, uh, like I said, it was the silly days and you saw a lot of that back then. And so were you a founder in that company? No, no. I I came in early on, on the executive team. There was really just two founders, um, that really, uh, had the idea and started the, you know, building from the ground up and brought in, uh, myself and some others on the executive team to help grow. So did you see, I mean, from your equity position in the business, did you see a meaningful return on that exit and meaningful meaning call it more than a million? Oh yeah. Okay, great. So then what do you do? You're, you're basically set. I assume you're basically set for life at that point. How do you keep yourself motivated? What do you get into? Oh, the next startup. Um, <laughs> you're competitive. You needed something else. Yes. When you're, when you're, when you, when you know you're an entrepreneur and you're in your, your whole being is about growing companies, about building things, about building things to solve problems. Uh, it doesn't matter what you exit at or whatnot. It's, your mind is automatically thinking to what's the next problem we can solve. Yep. Okay. So tell us, so, so you had a few successful exits. It sounds like I'll speed forward. Now take us into Ustake, your current business. How'd you get involved? So Ustake is a, it's a marketplace where um, fans can actually buy equity in their favorite poker players. So we created this marketplace and it was kind of the aha moment um, for my co-founder and I were, you know, you watch ESPN, you watch the, the World Series of Poker on ESPN, and they'll get to the final table. And normally you'll hear the announcer say something like, and that was our haha moment when he said something like, this guy was about to win $8 million to win the main event. And he only had, you know, 10% of himself. And we're like, what does that mean? 10%. And then we kind of looked into it. It's like, okay, he, he sold the rest to raise money to, to buy in. And then the question becomes, well, how come I didn't get a chance? Why, why didn't I have access to that? I want a piece of that. And you, you start to look into it and you find out that there's this whole underground culture of staking uh, that goes on in the poker industry um, to allow people, you know, the, the, the financial capital needed to play in these tournaments. This is FanDuel or DraftKings for poker. Uh, a little bit different, though, because this is basically a, you know, the difference with that with FanDuel and DraftKings is you're kind of, you know, you're picking a lineup and you're betting on it, right? Um, but there's no interaction. There's no, I mean, you don't get to text Peyton Man in the middle of a game to ask him, you know, what happened on the last series. Um, where what we are is we've got a marketplace where it's a it's a really tight connection between the fan base and the players themselves. So actually during a tournament, 
you know, the, the players are actually, you know, messaging their backers on how things are going. And here's a big hand that just happened, or here's my, my stack size at this point. Um, so you get a, a much more of a interaction, much more of a sweat, uh, as they call it in the poker industry. And many, many people, if they're listening to this, they'd question illegality, but you, I'm sure you've already thought of that. Is this, is this legal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's what's called a person-to-person sponsorship or a income share agreement is, is really what the legal term is. There's actually IRS forms that you fill in um, when you do your taxes for it. So it's all it's all been approved. Okay, so give me some uh, just some fire kind of I'm going to fire some questions at you real quick. So are you guys self-funded or, or uh, have you raised capital? We bootstrapped uh, to be to get to launch, which was this past June. So we launched June 1st. Okay. Uh, and then since then, we've started to raise a seed level capital. In fact, we just closed our first tranche. How much? Of 400K. Congratulations. And was it priced or was it a convertible note? It was a convertible. Got it. Got it. And we've are got you- another one now that we've just opened, uh, obviously at a much higher, almost a, a 3X um, valuation increase. For another 1.5. What do you mean? Convertible notes don't typically have valuations. They usually have a cap. You mean you, you increase the cap by 3x? Correct. Got it. Okay. When, when will you decide to go from convertible notes and basically debt leverage to actually leveraging your equity? So the, the real key uh, for any startup is, is building that growth momentum in the supply and the demand side. And there, you really have to have the metrics uh, to really go for an A round. So what we're building right now is we're building our growth, tracking that growth, uh, making sure that we can hit both the supply and the demand side numbers that you need for an A round. So we're looking at going to that A round uh, later this year. What do you think you need to hit in terms of metrics wise to be able to command a good valuation in the A round? Um, Very consistent 20 plus uh, percent growth month over month. So, So that brings us into how do you make money? How does Ustake make money? So what Ustake does is we add a, um, a percentage onto every raise. So if a tournament cost, uh, let's say the main event costs $10,000, what actually is getting raised is $10,800. So there's an 8% add on there. And who is paying that? Me, the person going to your site, making the bet on a professional poker player or the professional poker player? Um, it is the, the backers. The backers are, are, you know, for the ability to get access to these players, which unless you know them personally, you usually don't have access to them. Um, and for the fact that, you know, we keep things safe and secure for you because we make sure that the money's um, escrowed, the money goes to the casino, uh, you know, all those kind of things to make sure that uh, there's contracts in place with the, with the players to make sure that uh, everything goes smoothly. So do you, do you take any cut of the winnings or just of what's raised? Nope. Just what's raised. So how much, how much raising have you guys processed since you were born? So, um, in the six months that we, that we launched, we've had $2.8 million in stakes, um, put up on the site. So that's kind of the supply side. And then we've had 1.4 million pledges against those stakes. So that's kind of the demand side. What's that mean? I don't know what that means. Um, so the stakes are, these are players that says, here's my, here's my offer. I'm going to, I am in a $10,000 tournament and I'm going to sell, you know, to the public 20% of that. Okay. Got it. So you've had 2.8 million Joe Schmoes like me sitting in my apartment in Austin going, I want to bet 
uh, I want to put money behind other poker players and take a percentage of their winnings if they win. And you've had 1.4 million no. poker. Okay. No, um, it's close. So no, we've had, you've had 2.8 million worth of poker players saying, I want to sell part of my action. And I didn't know there were that many poker players. Hold and that, that many, okay. that much action added up to that, that amount. And then you got guys like me or like you that are sitting home going, Oh, I want a piece of this. I want to see, I want to, I want to um, buy some equity in that event. And how many of those are four. 1.4. Okay. Okay. Got it. And so the one, okay. So first off, I didn't know there were two, that there were 2.8 million poker players. That's a lot. Oh, let me, let me just tell you real quick. There's actually a hundred million poker fans worldwide, 60 million of which is in the U S and of all those 1% of that is actual players. How, how do you measure that? I mean, there's, there's been studies done, lots of them actually. What do they do? They call a random amount of households in the U.S., get a sample size of 1,000 and extrapolate across the population? Correct. As well as TV viewership or all the different poker channels, you know, whether that be WPT, WSOP, those kind of things. Okay. So the 1.4 million Joe Schmoes like me and you that are, that are, that are saying we're willing to put money behind these 2.8 million poker players that have posted profiles, I guess, on your website, how much money has actually been invested? That's the 1.4 million. Sorry. I, I thought you were talking about hum, hum, 1.4 million humans. 1.4 million is the, is that's the cash amount. That's the cash amount. Okay. And the 2.8 is the, is the actual amount they were trying to raise. Okay. So they've raised about 50% of it have gotten stakes. So about 1.4 million. Oh, in- okay. This, so th- uh, this is not 2.8 million poker players have used your website to say, give me money. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. They've asked for, so how many poker players have made made up the ask for the 2.8 million? It's about 335. Okay. This is making way more sense now. Okay. That's why I was shocked by these numbers. Okay. So 335 poker players said, okay, I'll let other people on the Ustake website invest up to 2.8 million bucks behind us. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And then how many, how many backers have you guys actually, actually invested more than say $10? Um, all the, the minimum, the minimum stake is, is $20. So you can buy a stake in anybody for as minimum of $20, but actually the average on the site right now has been about 340. And how how many people have done it? There's 2,700 users right now. And out of that 2,700 users, we've got about 250 of them that are pretty, uh, you know, really active, multiple stakes on multiple people. And then we've got, you know, probably another 150 to 200 that are just, you know, casually here or there putting something on somebody. Okay. And it's, okay. This is, this is really useful. So help us understand then of the, uh, you have 2,700 users. You don't make any money from just a user, right? You, you only make the ones from the 250 that made stakes. Correct. Okay. So they put 1.4 million in and you said you're taking 10%. No, no, we're taking, we, we actually get 5%. There's 8% added to the raise, but 5% goes to us. That's our fee. And the other 2.9% basically is, is the merchant fee that goes to the you know, credit card and PayPal and those kind of companies. So on 1.4 million raised by these three, by these 250 backers into these 335 poker players, that 1.4 million, 10% of 140 grand, you're taking 5%. So is it fair to say you guys have made 70 grand? Correct. Okay. Got it. So how do you grow that? What, are you just focused on growing user numbers or are you going to mess around with your pricing model? How do you grow it? 
No, our, 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 you know, if you look at, and for any entrepreneur, it's really around the, the one metric that matters. And for us, our one metric that matters is, is uh, registered users mm-hmm. um, and active users. Okay. So there's, so there's active, you know, those that are actually, you know, putting stakes up on people and, and, and buying equity. And then there's the, uh, the total number. And those are the two things that we're really tracking um, you know, in our six months that we've been in, in business, um, it's really started to, to pick up and we're hitting those 20 plus, uh, percent month over month growth for adding new users. Okay. So you're not, when you say 20% month over month growth, you don't mean making the 70 K that you guys have made, turning that into, you know, 80 K and then 105 K you mean take 2,700 users, grow that by 20% and same thing with active users. Correct. Okay. So how, how do you do that? How are you getting new users? So it's, it's really a, a, uh, social aspect because, you know, we're really after the, the poker fans in the world, the masses. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of, uh, obviously funnel work, um, working with some of the social networks, primarily Facebook, Twitter, snap, Instagram, um, and those networks also working on the operator side. So working with, uh, the actual venues where the events happen because we only support and we only will uh, take um, requests for live tournaments held in regulated environments that are reported. Got it. Got it. Well, Scott, th- this is making a lot of good sense. Before we get to my favorite part of the show, tell me what your guys' goal is. You said you want to do a Series A by the end of the year. So what do you hope your total user number is by the time you do a Series A? Uh, 50 plus thousand. 50,000. And how many active? Uh, close to 25% of that. Minimal. Bold, bold, baby. I like it. All right, Scott. Hey, if people want to follow your journey, you personally online, as you guys go through this process over the next year and beyond, where can they connect with you online? They can connect with me at scott at ustake.com or best would be on Twitter at Scott Hansbury, S-C-O-T-T-H-A-N-S-B-U-R-Y. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win a hundred bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703 431 2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Okay, Top Tribe. Many of you have asked me, how do I get my site going so fast and so cheaply? Well, I use HostGator. Specifically, they've got 4,500 templates. They've got a free e-commerce plugin. And quite frankly, I blow the heck out of their support, 24-7 support, which I love. It's ideal for WordPress, okay? And they've got a free website builder, all right? Now, I've worked out a great deal for you guys that you can grab right now and jump in at hostgator.com forward slash Nathan.
And folks, we'll put that in the show notes. Okay, you can just go to NathanMacca.com and you can search uh, for episode 206 with Scott and Mustake. Okay, Scott, we're about to get to my favorite part of the show. You know what's next? Go for it. Come on, dude. It's time for the famous five. Are you ready? Go for All it. All right, number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, Founder Dilemma and Traction. Both great books. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Uh, Jeff Bezos and Chris Saka. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Evernote? Uh, Wonderlist and DocuSign. Both great tools. Okay, number four. Hey, Scott, as you're building this empire, help us understand your situation. Are you married, single? Do you have kids? I am married with kids. Okay, and how old are you? I am 53. Okay, so here's a big question. As you're building this empire, okay, with a family, with kids, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> now, I'm going to guess that's a big no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> how, old, how old are the kids, if you don't mind me asking? I've got a uh, 20, a 16, and a 13. Woo! You got your hands full. Yes. Okay, last question, Scott. Take us back, is it, what is it, 23, 33 years to your 20-year-old self. What do you wish he knew? Uh, I think I would probably spend more time um, in a process of sponging, just 24-hour sponge with every person I met, um, and then filtering and applying. Sponge, filter, apply. Top Tribe, there you have it. We've got Scott from Ustake. He had early success with the almost IPO, but instead exited for 400 million bucks at his first company. He's now part of Ustake. They've done 70K in revenue. Their aim is to grow 20% month over month with the goal of hitting 50,000 users by the end of 2016. Scott, thank you for taking us to the top. Excellent. Thank you, Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win a hundred bucks every Monday. If you guys enjoyed Scott today, you will love Andrea from yesterday. She built a $500,000 per year company in Bali and is now looking for an $8 million pre-money evaluation for her business, Mailbird. 